Let's go. All right. So the boys, episode two, the only man in the sky read that immediately thought that was incredible foreshadowing and what an insane line and honestly monologue at the end. So you got to stay around to listen to it. Mm -hmm. But this one opens with VTV, (laughs) bought TV for women. And it is basically the documentary made film of the deep and the church of the collective it's uh him talking to somebody portraying alistar um the head of the church looked completely different but yeah. basically he says the the classic line deep I'm afraid you've become a toxic personality. So this was like the cheesiest lifetime movie adaptation <laughs> of Deep's cheesy book that's called Deeper, like so, multiple layers of cheese going into this ad. Yeah. Um, I just love every single commercial that just kind of shows us what's going on in the vault universe. You know, well, what do they have cooking on their other programming yeah. channels? Even the porno like that. Yeah. I know that's not a commercial. But the fact that they even threw that in there. I mean, that's giving us a piece of the culture of this universe. I think it, it's like little things like that. Exactly. B Tom's. Uh, I love it. Kathleen, it's, it's world building. Exactly. Like you were saying earlier, too. It's crazy because obviously like the VCU is parroting the MCU, but obviously the huge difference is like, a lot of it's made up that they're doing on the on the movies and stuff, but they made Homelander like confront Stormfront on on a movie. They they made deep storyline into this little film. Like it's yeah. crazy that they take their actual storylines and shove them in the movies. It's like they're personalized. I'm like, oh my god, it's perfect. I mean, it the line good. you've left me no choice but to run. And then the deep, yes. just the deep, like not even running fast, like around like a sidewalk curve. And then we get hit with the not without my dolphin presented by <laughs> lean lady frozen dinners. Uh, yeah. It's just incredible. They do a really good job with stuff like that. Um, but that is just a quick flash. And then we flash to a shot of Homelander on the TV promoting his birthday celebration speech. And this scene kind of goes hand in hand to what, Paul, you were saying at the end of episode one. Was Homelander really there for that conversation or not? Butcher is now hallucinating Homelander on the TV, talking to him about taking this uh, V24 injection because he breaks the script. And obviously this is in butcher's head but he's like you really gonna shoot up that v24 butcher and you know go against your entire principles and then that cuts to what i assume to be lenny who we haven't seen in the series before do you remember homelander switched to like this little curly haired kid and i assume that was lenny because he had a little british accent his younger brother that's funny i'm totally on board with that i actually wrote that it was young butcher like looking back, but I'm totally on the team. That was Lenny, like that. I, yes. That makes way more sense. Yes. He was saying like, Becca, this will break her heart. And he's like, I don't give a shit about Becca anymore. I think so. just because Lenny would be his, the embodiment of his morality, right? Agreed. He's his well, canary. He was the canary before Huey. So mm-hmm. I actually wrote down that. I th- thought Huey said something and he might have, he's Huey says like butcher stop. And then he turns around and then he sees that person on the TV. What if maybe the line before could have been, you know, if that was Lenny on the TV, maybe that could have mm. been Lenny before, but I swear I could, I could have sworn it was actual Huey's voice. Mm. So he morality wise heard Homelander's voice, Huey's verse voice and Lenny, his young brother's voice like the three most influential people in his life, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Lenny's just like, oh, what would Becca think if you shot up the V, whatever. Um, And then this kind of fever dream ends with him shooting up the V V and blasting laser beams out his eyes. And then he wakes up in a huff to a video call from Ryan, who was instructed to call him anytime after eight o'clock. And he calls Mm -hmm. him at eight Oh three. And that's just like, oh, this kid's so cute. He, is absolutely in love with Butcher. It's so yeah. nice. This scene kind of sucks because like Butcher doesn't want to be this for Ryan. Like maybe he he's deep down he does, but he's still Butcher. He's so flawed that he doesn't even realize he's just yelling at Ryan. And he's yeah. like, 
Are you mad at me? Great acting by that little kid. Love that. He's also from Big Little Lies. Don't know if you guys um, talked about that. And mm. so he's got that HBO money, too. He's got the Amazon Prime <laughs> money. He's raking it in this. I, I think there's twins, actually. So because there's Labor twins. And, nice. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Way yeah, to take really, advantage of the system. Love yeah. to see it. But what I was going to say is in the commercial, in the background, when Starlight starts talking about Homelander's birthday. I just wanted to say this. I thought it was so funny. They're like, and guess Rascal Flats, Emerald Agassi, Supersonic, the cast of Riverdale and Dame Judi Dench. And I was like, you know, they just had so much fun being like, who <laughs> yeah. could the guests be to be like the cast of Riverdale to Dame Judi Dench? Yes. I was like, that is chefs. They were like, funny. how can we reach every audience that there is right now? When they hit yeah. cast of Riverdale, I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you're so good. You got everybody <laughs> like like 30 and under, I'm sure. <laughs> so good. It was, it was perfect. The way they like intertwine pop culture and our universe into theirs insane but yeah like butcher like to go off the point that he didn't want this he didn't want to be a father like he's like oh you watched my video and he's like no i didn't get a chance to watch it yet and he like he doesn't know that that actually hurts ryan's feelings just by saying that mm-hmm. like he has no idea because he's too busy calling huey like a fucking smelly cunt or something <laughs> stupid like that sorry that was a horrible butcher impersonation <laughs> but uh yeah he uh he says i will watch the video later and that's actually big to go into the end of the episode mm-hmm. but he's the line no i'm not mad at you you're your mother's son and i'll look out for you just like i promised like that was that was nice but then he looks at the vials he looks right at the cookie jar what's his dog's name terror terror he looks yeah. right at the the cookie jar of terror where he puts the vial. So he's like nonstop thinking about it throughout yeah. since he got it. He's almost like tweaking out without ever actually taking it. You know, like he's honestly he's, yeah. hallucinating. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of power for Butcher. And he knows that he could accomplish a lot of his goals with yeah. the soup power. But like he hates soups. Is he worth compromising there? It's an internal struggle. We have been highlighting all of this internal struggle of him. It's it's very this show is awesome is what it is. I think Butcher's smart enough to know that once he has the power, he's not going to be unaffected by it, you know, in the long run. Like, yeah, the reason why soups turn the way they do is because you can't help it. Like the power, you just get so power hungry and Butcher isn't exempt from that you know i think he, and i think he knows that which is good it's not like he thinks he's like oh i could just take it and then be done one and done that's it whatever i think he's like i fucking hate soups uh, i don't want to turn into one it's just like any other drug right you don't want to take you think you could take it once and then all of a sudden you're addicted to it so everything uh, in moderation that's what yeah. i always say <laughs> yeah you're always saying that ever anyways. since i knew you dude it's crazy <laughs> Anyway, Homelander, happy birthday, Homelander. First person he tries to see is Stormfront, who literally he's just like, blink if you want to wish me a happy birthday. And he cannot even get the triplegic Nazi burn victim to say happy birthday to him. He goes he's down bad. Rise yeah. and shine. Big day. He's Anything so- special about today? It's my birthday, silly. Did you guys such a piece? Did you guys think she was like catatonic because she's so upset about the previous episode of him just blowing her off about the whole like gathering the army thing? Like, do you think she's just like depressed from that? I was initially thinking that she was literally just struggling to survive and breathe. But at the end of the scene where Homelander's like, oh, you just need some rest and like walks away. She has like that tear going down Mm -hmm. her eye and she seems to be able to move. So I. Uh, initially, I thought she literally she could move, but then I think she's acting so Homelander doesn't kill her, even though, like, I don't know. So, like, if she goes right into Homelander's face and says, like, you're not doing what I believe, like, I'm not going to wish you a happy birthday, Homelander's just going to kill her. So it's like, what can she do to hurt him the most? And right now, it's just ignore him. And then later on, take your own life. If she did but that's later on 
Yeah. I th- well, first off, I think she did take her own life. And <laughs> two, I think it was just no, I think it was intentional. I'm done with this guy. He's just going to come in, have me jerk him off and then leave when I start talking about the Aryan race. Like, that's what I care about, dude. If he doesn't care yeah. about it, I'm out. And I'm not going to wish him a happy birthday. That's all she can do to fight back is not wish him a happy birthday. I think she did it. The only reason she survived really quickly, just because she, that was her one goal waited hundreds of years. She even said to bring back this army. So that was the thing. Keep her alive. When Homelander says, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm not doing that. That's probably why she was like million dollar baby herself. I thought that line was hysterical. That brings us to Huey and Starlight, who Huey is just catching Starlight up. Newman is head popper, yada, yada, yada. And Starlight's like, hey, man, you should call out of work. Definitely don't go into work. And you should tell Butcher immediately. He's like, nah, I can't miss work. I never miss work. I have to go to work and we can handle it ourselves. I'm not going to tell Butcher. And I'm like, dude, come on whatever but starlight has to go to sound check for homelander's birthday celebration and this is a great scene it's the first time supersonic is kind of invited into what the seven is actually like and homelander comes up and greets him is this the right scene yeah like we talked about last episode he's he was drummer boy you know in uh in a boy band and now because of that past even as supersonic, he has to relive uh, his younger days and actually perform this song. And he has the line. He's like, dude, it was creepy back then. It's even way more creepy now than I'm 30 something. Well, yeah, the song's called License to Drive. And it's like, hey, now you're 16. We can finally get it on. And the dude's like 30 years old. So he's yeah. he's a little disappointed at that. But Homelander comes over. He's like, oh, my gosh sir i'm such a big fan like hopefully we can work together whatever he's like oh yeah you've been doing pretty good but um doesn't hurt that the judge used to get cum drunk on your (laughs) chorizo picante yeah dude he just like comes over and is immediately addicted to this supersonic guy who is still a good guy as of right now yeah he's killing it but yeah just homelander making sure everybody in the room knows that uh, homelander runs shit and you aren't anything Well, Homelander's dumb. If he was smart, he would like any possible new person. He would take them under his wing so he would kind of own them. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a dick right away. I mean, he's so far gone right now. He is losing his mind. So I you can't expect him to make smart decisions, strategic decisions. But yeah, he's he's such an asshole. It's insane. I love I'm loving watching it, by the way. Not to say. All right. This is going to be a weird comparison, but. It's almost like, you know, Homelander has been in the spotlight his entire life. Now he's like cut off and he's not the guy anymore. He's not the top guy. So you remember when Britney Spears was like dropping off a little bit and she wasn't the girl anymore. It wasn't America's sweetheart. And the whole 07 shaving of the head incident. Weirdly, kind of the same thing. I think the, the world happened to Britney Spears and everyone okay, was. Yeah. Dry- <laughs> that is true. The world was horrible to her. For yeah. a long oh, were time. you just trying to say Homelander is going 07 Britney on us? Yes, exactly. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> okay. He's, I see the no parallels. I, I will give it to you. You've had more rel- uh, ridiculous comparisons on the pod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more accurate ones. <laughs> you know, when some you lose, In the some, middle. you know, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, yeah, 50% is not bad, man. So, like, the whole thing though was that Starlight was supposed to quickly run her lines and then she was going to run back and help Huey. But of course, Homelander had some rewrites. Stormlight, Starlight, Stormlight, Jesus Christ. Starlight has a whole lot of more lines and a way bigger part that she knows. So, she's going to be late. Like, Homelander walks in, like, oh, like, like, what, what's the rush? We got like lots of lines to go over. And he goes up to the guy that was going to line run lines with Starlight. And he goes, what do you want to fucking break? And yeah. he just turns around and runs off. Is this where the happy birthday thing happens? It's got, there's a scene in between it, but yeah. We can just rip right through it. Yeah, uh-huh. basically he's like, you're singing happy birthday to me. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's being such a dick. And she's like, fuck you. And then all of a sudden you hear Edgar come in and be like, if Starlight doesn't want to do it, she's not doing it, which is so lit. I love it. And he just didn't know that Edgar was there in general. And I love that Edgar has final say and can like Homelander 
doesn't have any pull anymore, really. I think he says like 80% of viewers said that they would make every effort to tune in to see Starlight, but 40% of Homelander's fans might DVR to see him. So it's yeah. just like he's fading. Mm-hmm. Oh, Edgar with the stats. Edgar keeps pushing his buttons. Yeah, Edgar's like, going to die. He's like, you're lucky we're even putting on this farce, okay? So let's fucking keep it moving. <laughs> but it is your party. You can cry if you want to. What a, oh my God. Gosh, this and dude in his lines. It's not even like he's saying that to Homeowner's face. He's saying it to his face in front of everybody yeah. on the loud intercom. He's literally mm-hmm. just trying to belittle him. He has an iconic voice like Rick Worthy has an iconic voice. Mm-hmm. I love, love that, that guy. Good for the soul. Yeah, I love Rick Worthy. Yeah, we love him. Anyway, uh, so the scene that we skipped finish off that scene was the one with Frenchie and Kimiko going to Vaultland and we got Brave made pride all over the place uh, Frenchie comments on the hamburger between two donuts and says it's like a monstrosity um, but yeah so Kimiko's wide eyed at the roller coaster she's just like taking it all in really likes it I thought it was hysterical that they called it the inclusive kingdom yes and then they showed you know everything veggie tacos Black Lives Matters, BLTs, woke mm-hmm. walk, and LGB turkey legs. It's like try harder, guys. Try harder. Fucking insane. Just in time for Pride Month. Happy <laughs> June. Happy yeah. Pride Month. Oh yeah, happy Pride Month. Uh, also, I got offended when Frenchie was freaking out about the hamburger with the donut for buns because that's one of my favorite meals, and I love that burger. Sorry. This man knows good food. He's a chef. Of course, he's disgusted by it. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's cute. I mean, Kimiko has never been to something like this. She never had a childhood. So she's just like in awe. And it's nice to see Kimiko smiling, happy and all. But but the reason they're there um, is to get to the Crimson Countess or whatever. So. So I think it all does play out here. They go into this like auditory. It's like the typical amusement park thing. It's like this little cheesy movie and then a show. And the movie is Soldier Boy's uh, backstory. Essentially, uh, he was born and raised in South Philly. Let's fucking go. Um, uh, Tough. Oh, my gosh. A hard knocks kid. You know, (laughs) he's just that kind of guy Um, goes through his story. You know, he was friends with Reagan. There's a picture of them shaking hands. He's a war hero, like defended them against the Nazis and all that. Yeah, World War Two hero um, tragically died uh, saving his sidekick in the nuclear meltdown explosion. Whatever. Um, Kimiko absolutely loving everything she's like wide-eyed watching soaking it all up um and then and the movie and the crimson countess comes out sings a little song and she's showing her power she can shoot fireballs she's a she's pretty powerful soup and she's scarlet witch that yes she's absolutely supposed to be scarlet witch (laughs) um and the song that she sings like he's america's son a shining beacon of freedom like oh my god what she's doing is insane and Frenchie this entire time is like, what the fuck? But yeah, like we said, Kimiko is like, oh, my God, you're amazing. I love your music. She loves music. So maybe the gay thing from last episode, if you guys haven't seen the last episode, I was projecting <laughs> um, Kimiko to be queer, which she's still going to be. But I really think she's just really into music. And that's one of her ways that she likes to communicate and is mm-hmm. able to communicate and, and be audible and vocal ish. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. It is really cool. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we didn't even touch last time that Frenchie and Kimiko have their entire language down at this point. You know, oh, at the, yes. end, at the yeah. end of season two, uh, we get Kimiko trying to teach Frenchie the language that she and her brother made. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> now Frenchie is finally I should say Kimiko is finally opened enough, opened up enough to teach Frenchie and they're language is so funny because it's not like asl like where it's we're used to seeing asl it's like yeah what you did kathleen just guns in your hand like Mm -hmm. stabbing your wrist and like cutting it or something ridiculous yeah it's great the relationship's phenomenal yeah everybody's on board for frenchie and kimiko it's it's such it's a relationship build out of love and Mm -hmm. we love love here kathleen don't we love love we absolutely love love. That is what yeah. we all say, all seven mm-hmm. of us. But 
to get to the Crimson Countess, they got to show her some anti-love. I believe they call that hate. <laughs> That's what they call that. I don't know. I'm being I, lo- I love anti-love. Um, yeah. I love that. <laughs> no, I hate hate. I love love. I hate hate. I'm indifferent <laughs> about indifference. But so they go backstage, they pay extra for the Crimson Countess experience. And oh, sweetheart, Kimiko goes up with her phone. I love your music. And Crimson Countess is being nice. Like, oh, sweetheart, can't you talk? Let's see the new song. And then Frenchie gives Kimiko the nod and says, don't let her hands touch. That's how she can do her powers. Kimiko's got her up against a wall. And they're trying to interrogate what really happened to Soldier Boy, what really happened to Soldier Boy. Um, but she won't crack. She's like, hey, you saw the movie. That is the truth. And that's all you're getting from me. And then they get distracted because more people come in and Crimson Countess gets away. And yet another impactful scene. I guess all the ones with blood and guts are pretty impactful. Um, but Crimson Countess lets a rogue fireball go. Kimiko and Frenchie get out of the way. But poor Homelander mascot does not get out of the way. And he just gets blown up permanent trauma for children everywhere yeah yep. so we kind of skipped this part but kimiko before they go into the crimson countess um show they she sees a little boy and a little girl brother and sister um and is kind of like looking at them like oh like thinking yeah. about her brother same two kids standing there, blood splatter everywhere. And she's later on, she has a conversation with Frenchie and she's like, I never got a childhood. Like it wasn't about the roller coasters. I never got a childhood. And now I just ruined those two kids childhood. How can they ever be children again? Like they just saw this awful, awful thing. And I thought that was really well done. And like, was like parallel to her and her brother. Heart wrenching, honestly, because, you know, Frenchie feels so bad. that scene he goes up with his phone and and he gives her he's like we're gonna go to this six flags we're gonna ride all the roller coasters until we vomit we're gonna have such a fun time um and kimiko's like it wasn't about the roller coaster and frenchie's like i know i'm just trying to help and it's like frenchie's doing all he can um but yeah i mean i can't even imagine being kimiko and being you're supposed to be an adult but you haven't had any childhood so you haven't had any chance to be free like really with no responsibilities and now she did that for however many people you know saw that horrific event i know she's over exaggerating though when she says like i ruined these kids childhood it's gonna I mean, be affected but like it's a traumatic event yeah. that's tough fucking no i don't... mean it's definitely traumatic but like compared to what kimiko went through yeah. Is what I was getting. What I was gonna say is that Crimson counted like what the fuck, girl? You can't just be yeah. throwing fireballs in the middle of this place. Like true that. We did. We yeah. did get uh when she was in a dressing room, she was snorting pills and throwing them into her yeah. drinks before uh Frenchie and Kimiko came in. Like all soups, all soups are addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah. So I mean, that definitely could have had an effect, but I'm okay. sure she, she was not practiced too well. Also, just let's talk about her fucking new song was like Chimps Don't Cry. I was <laughs> going to say, B-Toms, I can't believe you just skipped over Chimps Don't Cry. Like, did you <laughs> know that Chimps don't even have the ability to cry? They don't have tear ducts. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Doesn't mean they're not crying on the inside. Yeah, she was wild. I don't even know if we're going to see Crimson Countess again. She Got it, right? She was I guess his, we will, yeah. She was his, uh, his, she was Soldier Boy's wife, confirmed, back in the day. Really quickly, what is, um, never mind, sorry. Really <laughs> quickly, I really wanted quickly to say, never mind. So really quickly, <laughs> never mind. Okay, never mind. Uh. <laughs> So this is where we get the Huey breaking the bottle scene because Starlight's not around to open his jar of queso, jelly, whatever, queso, whatever. Not the jar. Enough. Dummy (laughs) McGee just smashes it on the counter. And I'm like, I get mad, but maybe throw it. Don't smash it in your hand, my guy. We're Um, getting this boy a bottle of Smuckers, a squeezable bottle of Smuckers. The squeezable, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And this is also where we get uh, Homelander changed around Starlight's script so that she has to sing like sexy happy birthday like Marilyn Monroe and you know Starlight's not going to have any of that she pushes back on Homelander and this is where we get the Edgar back up mm-hmm. I do want to jump back just a little bit because I think we did mm-hmm. skip a small scene with Butcher and MM 
So MM with his daughter, Janine, hears a doorbell ring, goes, and it's Butcher with a uh, Vought Tower like Lego set. And he's, she's like, I know you love Lego, so knock yourself out. Um, I thought that little touch was perfect. Uh, Butcher's little smirk is incredible. Basically, he comes here to tell MM about Soldier Boy. MM, we learn, has a huge history about Soldier Boy. Not necessarily himself, but his father. Apparently, his father died over a desk, is how MM put it, obsessing over this man and ignoring the rest of his family. Not exactly sure what he did. We did get a few... uh, you got a few newspaper clippings saying, you know, soldier boy catches thief in really big letters. And then the undertext is, you know, uh, Harlem family caught in the crossfire. And it's like, okay, all these stories have soldier boy being the cause of all these deaths, but nobody's focusing on that. Um, so I assume someone in MM's family was, that was his family. I assume the Harlem family was his family. Someone died and it's, he's kind of, MM's dad is doing the butcher, right? I mean, Becca disappeared and then butcher butcher dedicated his life to fucking get Homelander, meaning his dad probably dedicated his life to get um, soldier boy. We just don't know exactly the beef. I literally wrote that down. I was like, fuck, am I supposed to know this? Like I was when we first see all the clippings, I was like, shit, what? What? Yeah, I don't think we know the beef yet. We're going to get the beef. Oh, we're going to get the beef. (laughs) Definitely. We got uh, a butcher. He's going to get us the beef. <laughs> That's not that bad. Is yeah. fucking yeah. put that on a t-shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, Butcher's kind of leaving, he's leaving with a bad taste in his mouth because what MM said is, you know, my father ignored my family. I'm not going to do the same to her. Butcher hits uh, with a, I'm sorry, Butcher hits MM with a, you're doing a bang up job with her mate. And then <laughs> MM's like, fuck, like, Hold on a second. I might have one more thing for you just because you're nice. He gives them this big fat file. We don't see what it is, but all we see is a classic butcher half smile smirk. Um, you know, that's big and it goes important and it's going to be important. And then, you know, at the end, like I already said, MM goes back and he pulls out more than one newspaper clipping. There is plenty. So it seems like Soldier Boy, whatever he did, had a lot of collateral damage. Didn't seem like he was a good guy. We all think the rapper whenever we hear Soldier Boy still, right? I was you, like, you, you. Yeah. All right. Just Absolutely. just making sure. Um, World. Yeah. yeah. So the A-Train, a absolutely wild marketing pitch to Ashley and new Ashley. I forgot. And the other guy, Seth, this was like such a throwaway. I don't know where A-Train's head's at. He's like fat. He's grasping at straws. He's afraid of Homelander. But he gets this wild idea to pitch like an Africa-centric rebrand of A-Train. And he pitches this new show called A Train to Africa. The the real eye opener was a video game centered around the slave trade. <laughs> Dude, come like, Ashley was like, are you kidding me? A new suit makeover. And the Ashleys are just like, that was so well told, A Train. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they hated it. That's what it means. They hated it because you don't care about your African roots and Everybody who's African American knows it, my guy. Yeah, yeah, Including yeah. Africa. Talking about. Yeah, Africa you don't knows have a dick, you don't bro. care about Africa. <laughs> yeah, that was you don't have a dick, bro. That was a wild line. Yeah. Uh, but this guy, Seth, he was in right Pete Thumbs, that was the name, Seth. He's been since season one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He I was gonna say he's been around killing it. Uh I mean, last season when they were pitching the idea for Vaught the movie, he was killing it. And he's sitting there this entire time when the A-Train's giving the initial pitch. Like, my God, everything about it failed miserably. That was awful. But yeah, that's just kind of where A-Train is at right now. Um, Yeah, nowhere, basically. He's got nowhere to stand. He, like, (laughs) just barely got back into the seven and is out of shape. So we'll, we'll see what we have in store for him. But that brings us to a pretty interesting scene where Huey goes to investigate the Red River School for unwanted soups. Um, And it's exactly that. This this was not the same place as the episode of Diabolical, right? Because those were like older soups. These ones were younger kids, it seemed like. Or was it called Red River in the Diabolical episode? I got to double check, but I don't believe it was called Red River. I agree. But similar concept, you know, unwanted soups. There's a school 
where they're just up for adoption. And I guess Vault just takes care of them there. Um, this the one it, it looks like an elementary school and the one teacher is questioning where Huey works at Vault, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's a Vault run operation. This poor teacher walking around with a broken leg because, you know, one of the kids just snapped her leg somehow. Huey's main goal here is to find info on Nadia because he heard um, them yelling like in their conversation in the previous episode. He hears the name of this orphanage or school or whatever you want to call it. And so that's that's his main goal here. Um, And then when he's getting questioned, Teddy Stillwell, which was so sick. He's a little gonna be a little monster. <laughs> yeah, God. he's awesome. They're little treasures, and it's just freaking like straight up a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like look up. Yeah, yeah. He outs him to be uh, dating Starlight, which honestly helps his case because he then says, "Yeah, well, listen, I, my swimmers, they're just like fat nothings <laughs> or whatever the fuck he says." He goes, "Bunch of dead tadpoles." Yeah, I'm sterile, um, sterile as hell, and um, <laughs> we want a kid, but we don't want this getting out. So because Starlight's such like a big personality and like mm. celebrity, so whatever. Yeah. I was I was laughing but, at yeah. Huey just doesn't like he can't help but just self deprecate he's, uh, he's really so can't. he's so bad at lying and trying to get through the radar mm-hmm. pretty good thinking on his feet though once he got out worked out perfectly because yeah. the teacher's like oh a soup parent will be do great for the parent mm-hmm. likelihood of living yeah he's like oh yeah fucking phenomenal and then she's going through the list and she goes well this one is south asian which is very popular right now and we're like what like that's insane so she's like trying to peddle different uh orphans and this whole time huey uh is able to get a usb drive to copy all the files and everything insane what a magic usb drive yes first of all that's what i thought because it was very quick and then second of all i thought huey actually did pretty good about Mm -hmm. being sly and scooting over he never would have been able to do that in season one He's been in the game a while now. I think this this is a good uh, just showing the experience he's gained, because like you said, Paul, season one, he has been sent on assignments on his own, like when he had to plant the bug at Vought Tower and when he had to talk to Ezekiel uh, at the Capes for Christ event, whatever. And he was flabbergasted, like didn't really have his cool at all ended up okay, But like now he's calm, cool, collected like a cucumber, man. He was like. He was bossing it there. This is just our guy. He's in the FPSA now. Like he's one of the boys. So, yes, until later in the episode when when Starlight has to save him because he is well. after you see um fucking Newman explode someone's head, you're like yeah. you can't be calm cool. Understand. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Seriously, um, you can't act like that. But yeah, I I feel like the Red River in and of itself was a big reveal, but I think Teddy Stillwell was the thing where I was just like I had no clue we were seeing this kid again. Right. Oh my god. I just put that together. Yeah, dude. Madeline Stillwell's son. <laughs> yes. Which oh is like, we don't they, know who the father is. It, that yeah. is I mean, amazing. Yeah. She was probably like injected or something. Yeah. Like that. They blatantly say Teddy Stillwell. Like, obviously, yeah. you wouldn't say first and last names, but they oh were like my. spoon feeding that to us. And I was like, yeah, baby. I can love that. Completely missed it the first time and missed it when Brian said it the second time. And I finally <laughs> freaking understood it. Yeah, third time's a charm. Um, what I don't know is whether or not Huey would be able to connect those dots because he kind of right when the name was dropped, he kind of had a, a look of mm-hmm. like surprise on his face. But I'm not sure if that's because he just realized he was on the TV. So I know that in the beginning of season two, there was the whole thing about the news Madeline Stowell being dead and her baby showing up on a lawn, you know, 28 blocks or miles away, whatever it was. Yeah. I just thought that was Homelander. Like, oh, well, yeah, it was, he probably yeah. did just to save her. But um, I totally forgot that he can completely come back. And it's been, you know, 12 month time skip plus all the events of season two. So it makes yeah. sense that he is now this age. Yeah, that was <gasps> great. That's. That was really good twist. I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. That's incredible. Yeah. He was faced the entire time when he was looking at him was like, you are a monster. Yeah. So that checks out. It's Madeline Stowell. 
So basically, uh, he goes right out to his car, opens his laptop and sees um, Nadia as a kid and a and a teenager. He like um, exploding people's heads. You know? Yeah, it, honestly, the file originally said 1968, you know, Nadia 1968. The first one with her parents, uh, you know, exploded heads. It almost looked like her father was like over a crib. Like she was a baby when she like popped her father. And then I don't know, it looked like an older person, her grandfather later on. But then we get a full blown video of these two people adopting her. And you hear some woman talking at first. She's like, oh, are you guys adopting me? And then we hear the second voice. And it's none other than Stan Edgar saying, well, you know, not really adopting, but, you know, we are taking you and we will take care of you. And, you you know, you are, you know, long story short, coming with us. Mm-hmm. So Huey was like, oh, my God, this is basically like worst case scenario. Nadia is working for Stan Edgar. And is the head popper. You, well, yeah, he knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I guess that yeah, might, yeah, works yeah, out. Yeah. Which, real quickly, that was very impressive that Huey was able to recognize the head popping power from over a year ago to Nadia doing it to the dude in front of him. I mean, that was I don't pretty... think you forget that power. Yeah, also, yeah. he saw Rainer like right in front of him. Paul, you're just thinking people forget trauma of watching people blow up the homelander mascot you're like oh these kids are gonna get over it <laughs> huey he remembers a year ago that said. someone can blow up heads i mean not for nothing literally they were all sitting watching this like trial on the news that was gonna mm. bring down vaude yeah. so pumped and then it's like pop 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 just like you don't forget that you're like jesus and then of course mm. when you mm. find out it's like of course she was in the room Doing it to everybody, which is crazy because her eyes were not turning. So yeah. what the fuck is up with that? I was a little Could've pissed about Cindy. that. Continuity here. <laughs> See, that's the whole Could've other thing. Cindy. That Cindy doesn't have the same powers, though. It doesn't look like the same animation, if that makes sense. Sure. So that's that's what I was getting at from Huey's perspective. You know, somebody's head popping. You know, if, if that dude's head popped in front of Huey, he would understand. But first it was the dude's hand that all of a sudden disintegrated. And then it was like a part of his jaw. It wasn't like his whole head. It wasn't like the signature head pop until the end when she explodes the whole thing. So that's kind of what I was getting at was it wasn't necessarily the same serial killer style murder. Sure. <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> well, all idiot. I know is there are two poppers out in the world right now. Who knows who is doing the popping in that court? The popping each other's assholes. Yeah, I'll pop you. So, yeah, this is when we get Butcher going to the gun convention to see gunpowder. And he goes through a metal detector, hands his gun to a security guard. Nice piece, man. Enjoy the show. Welcome. This is a little too close to home right now. America, America. Insane, insane timing. Insane yeah, like timing. A, yeah, a song as it pans over the gun convention. It's like this country rocks. <laughs> like, this country rolls. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's just kids. It's literally kids drawing little pictures on crowns, filling in the little bullet mascot, like pointing yep. up. There's posters in the background saying "makes a great gift," like to a giant shotgun. It's wild up. Wow. Uh, Butcher goes in to gunpowder speech and it's just classic right wing rhetoric. He's actually talking about Bob Singer, who uh, we were talking about in our last episode. Uh, but he says, if Dakota Bob Singer is elected, it's going to be all uh, socialism, anti-constitution. And the first thing he's going to do is take away your guns. But we got the ammunition to fight back like etc etc he's just going all in on the right-wing propaganda flash to the urinal where butcher is completely violating the bro code by taking the urinal directly next to gunpowder in a line of 10 urinals rule number one no 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 no. you do not do that ever not even if there was a fire um but anyway he does scoot right next to gunpowder and it's like oi Big fan, Gunpowder. Uh, you know, push comes to show. Smooth trigger pull. Smooth. Yeah, 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 yeah. As he's, you know, softening him up, he's just like, oi, and Soldier Boy's sidekick. I bet, you know, you guys used to get along real well. Maybe a finger in the butt. And Gunpowder immediately, alarm bells are ringing like, 
who the fuck are you guy? You don't have any proof, whatever. And he's like, ah, well, what about this official vault complaint of sexual harassment or whatever from gunpowder? Yeah, that's insane. Butcher was saying in that whole antagonizing speech, though, he was like, yo, 14 years old and like plicked right out of the group to be soldier boy sidekick. Like, and that's when he goes into the the pedo shit. But that is insane. 14 years old. I was shocked. Well, that it's crazy that he was 14, but it's I was shocked that Soldier Boy's a fucking pedo. Was Butcher making it up? Or I couldn't tell uh, if he actually had proof or not. So I think there's truth to it. Yeah. We're gonna find out. Yeah, yeah. that's I'll, fucked I'll, up. I'll save it until the end of the when okay. we get to that final scene. But I don't think it was sexual abuse. I just think it was abuse, abuse. But yeah, I mean this is the beginning of gunpowder just being like, dude, get the fuck out of my face. The blackmail doesn't work. Butcher tries to say, you know, this won't go out into the public. Gunpowder eventually is like, it doesn't matter if it does because that's completely made up. Um, keeps denying it. Later, Butcher walking to his car. Perfect, Crazy. like paranoid person to be able to look in the rearview mirror before you make any adjustments. Sees something coming and is able to immediately duck under a bullet that comes in and we got a little uh, example of gunpowder's power and that's more realistically, he's just able to find cool trajectory paths yeah. that a bullet can follow. It's, it's almost like he's good at math, which is weird. Get <laughs> all the trajectory physics. Yeah. It's not even guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, you do not want to be in a gunfight with this dude, which butcher yeah. finds himself in, but he kind of gets out of it by shooting a car alarm and getting away in the distraction. Yeah, only with um, a leg, a bullet wound to the leg and a scrape on the face. Scrape to the cheek, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that was intense. I was like, get get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Next one we get is the Homelander suicide saving attempt, right? So we get Ashley outside on the street of this, uh, outside of this giant building. Um, There's a crowd gathered, cops are there. Turns out there's a young woman, Chelsea, that is almost about to commit suicide. She wants to jump off the roof. And Homelander lands and goes, you know, it's your lucky day, you know, considering you're my annual annual birthday save. And turns out he saves one person a year on his birthday because, you know, life is precious. You don't want to give that all up and go to hell for eternity or whatever. She goes, I'm Jewish. I'm, I'm Jewish. <laughs> He's like, all right, whatever. Just just step back from the ledge, all right? Even if you fucking jump, I'm going to fly down and save you. Ashley's down there. She's like, get the cameras ready. This is going to be great. He's going to come down and save it any second now. And she looks down at her phone. She gets the breaking news title. Stormfront has committed suicide. And, of course, right on the building behind Homelander up top on the roof, puts it on a big screen. She committed suicide uh, by biting her own tongue, drowning in her own blood. All Homelander can think of is how could she do this to me on my birthday? How she's so selfish. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that to me on my birthday. He really just starts to lose it here. And he's he just starts thinking about his own, I guess, birthday and his own conception. He's like, you know, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. That was just taken. That date was just taken from a pagan ritual, whatever. I wasn't born on this day. The marketing team just came up with it. I mean, I don't even get my own birthday. I was just poured out of a test tube, right? Who the, who the hell cares anyway? And then he gets to how is it that you get to get saved by someone like me, whereas this perfect, beautiful goddess has to die horribly in a hospital bed. And this is where the light flicks. He's like, you know what? No, you are going to die today. You're not getting saved. This is like, this is the season three (laughs) equivalent of the airplane hijacking in season one. This is Mm -hmm. like, so this is just so twisted of Homelander to do. He's just putting no effort towards saving someone. You know what, Chelsea? I think you should jump. Uh, I don't think I want to anymore. Nah, no, jump. He's smiling the whole time. He's like, nah, show a little follow through. I'm not suggesting anymore. He's like, no, 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 no God. You know, no God's going to save you. The only man in the sky is me. 
and the lasers pop up on his eyes. Basically, if you don't do it, you're going to fucking die anyway. She's so scared. She got to see what not many civilians get to see, which is Homelander. That's that's two reasons right? why, right? Like he's deteriorating. So he actually probably does want her to jump and not save her on principle. Two, he's kind of said too much now. He can't just say yeah. all that shit to her and then let her live. That's crazy. He can't. So it's like, no, you're beat. I had that thought as soon as he told the truth about his birthday i was mm-hmm. like you're dead you're sorry yeah. chelsea you're dead yeah mm-hmm. i also loved the line when he's talking about being poured out of a test tube he's like the immaculate conception i knew i know like exactly how jesus must have felt and it's like dude talk about the fucking yeah. god complex mm-hmm. you're like dude you know the arguably like whatever i'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> just he literally thinks he is the best possible species human race out there yeah and i mean it's just a continuation of stormfront's theories that he's fine-tuned to just fit him as the center of attention because that's all he wants he wants to be loved and the center of attention for everybody always Mm -hmm. um anything more to add to that scene that was that was a pretty big one nothing besides the fact that like there would be cameras showing the fact that he did not save her. Like he was up there. Why didn't he save her? Yeah, That's going to like, I can't believe that didn't turn into more, but he's already like losing it on a public stage at his birthday. So he's yeah. really just digging himself a hole, which we'll get to. Definitely. So next quick scene is MM uh, still taking care of his daughter, Janine. Uh, he has all of his soldier boy files laid out in like neat OCD order over his bedroom floor. <laughs> And then the smoke alarm starts going at off and he has his kind of like freak out moment where the compulsion takes over and he just like takes out a little bit of his anger on this smoke alarm. And Janine is there to see it and is kind of a little bit afraid seeing her dad like that. MM's kind of like spiraling a little bit. I don't think he really fits into civilian life. Certainly not one where his family is kind of moving away from him. Certainly his wife is. Um and that's yeah. really all this is. It seems like his OCD symptoms are getting progressively worse. This, if we just want to continue with MM here and just mm-hmm. get that end, that might make more sense. So uh, later on, we see MM taking Janine home, dropping them off to Monique and Todd, dumps the giant tower off on Todd. I thought that was hysterical. You deal with this now. He just says, hey, I need to talk to Monique. And, you know, it's really cool to see Monique she has a line, you know, maybe we didn't work out, but that doesn't mean like, I don't want to help you. I don't, I don't like seeing you like this. Monique is there to help MM when he's bad. And he, MM just confesses and says like, I've been trying to stay away from all of it for you and Janine, you know, the soldier boy thing came up and you know, the history uh, Monique apparently knows all the history of everything with his father. He says he even upped his meds and, um, He's just trying to get away from it, but he's still having small ticks and small episodes. So Monique, how surprising was this? This was wild. She said before, end everything, cut off butcher, you know, get away from this. We want anything to do with the But now she realizes that he tried and he can't help it. This is who he is. He needs to go take care of this. So she says, you know, you need to go back to butcher. I never wanted to try to turn you into something you're not. And I hate that you're making yourself sick over it. So maybe you just need to go and face this shit down. And Janine is right here waiting and she will be safe. Really good scene. Yeah. I like that response from Monique. And I think objectively that that is what MM needs. He doesn't have a sense of purpose without being fully committed to his family and daughter. So she's like, listen, you got to close that chapter of your life, that whole Soldier Boy saga. I think you need Butcher right now. Yeah, amazing. And I hope, I really hope MM will be able to like reconvene with his family at the end. I really hope Mm -hmm. nothing happens to either him or the family. Agreed. But to jump back to the few scenes that we skipped, it's uh, Huey getting back to his work building and Newman comes in. She is coming out hot, too. I would not be able to deflect those questions either. She's she's like, oh, what's up with your hand? Um, Why weren't you at work for like the first time in the past year? Like, what's going on with you? Anything I should know about? And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, there is something you should know about Starlight. Oh, me and Starlight were having issues. That's all it was. And boy, they play the bickering couple part very well. Might I, say. Do. I thought it was great. He was like, well, maybe I don't 
always need you to come in and save me. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I need to get out of here. So why don't you guys handle yeah. this? But yeah, I mean, even when she comes in, she hits them with the who's Nadia after all of that. I would have been like, oh, yeah. thank God Starlight yeah. was there. Good save by Starlight. They go right to the car. Huey just shows her everything, shows the files. She's like, oh, I thought we were going to go to Red River together. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. and he, he kind of just loses it. He's like, I'm bleeding because I can't even fucking open a jar because I can't do anything right. And he's b- spilling out to Starlight saying, you know, I thought Vicky was my friend. You know, I knew her daughter. I thought we were, I thought things were finally going my way. Like I was, I was living my best life. Like we were talking about. And now I learned that it's all, it's all a joke. It's all facade. Um, he even calls himself a joke. He was like, what a joke I am. And, uh, you know, Starlight's there to help him. He's like, none of this was your fault. You couldn't have possibly known about this. It's okay. And like, we're going to get through this together. And, you know, really good scene, really closing up. And then all of a sudden, Huey hits it with the, oh, and I may have signed us up to adopt a child. <laughs> that would be Phen- good parents to a little soup kid. Phenomenal. Yeah. Give him Lent or uh, Stillwell. Yeah, Daddy? right. A kid's a horror. Yeah, <laughs> it's a walking horror movie. We have Butcher finally watching Ryan's Lego video, which yes. was actually a really good payoff from the seed planted in the first scene. It's yeah, because Ryan said like right when Butcher blew up at him, oh, this video really helps me sometimes when I'm feeling bad. And it was a video with a voiceover of Becca, like a really kind, heartfelt message saying, I'm always here for you. I love you. Like, I'm just getting a haircut. But he did one of his Lego videos. It was very sweet. And it even it, it gets Butcher, too. He's like tearing up. So Someone's cutting onions, I bet. Um, he has to call Huey because of it. He's like, has You're to call right Huey. Yeah, has to call his canary. What else are you going to do? And he he essentially just apologizes. I don't have the specifics, but he, he shows gratitude and appreciation yeah. for Huey, like fighting the good fight and doing things the right way to fight the soups. The butcher's line was, you know, I was chasing something down, but I'm going to knock it on the head because uh, you were right the other day. Things are good. And I don't want to go and fuck anything up because, you know, Things are decent right now. Uh, Ryan's good, and I should leave it well enough before I go and fuck it all up. And Huey immediately, first thing he says, Butcher Newman is a soup. She's the head popper. (laughs) Oh, good God. And I'm like, no, Butcher is just in a good spot. And Butcher doesn't even, I don't think he, I think he says what one more time. And Huey goes on to say, you know, She's pretty much Stan Edgar's daughter, too. I thought we could fight, fought the right way, but we can't. It's all rigged. We have to do it your way. Mm-hmm. And Butcher just, the, the phone is just slowly dropping. This is music to unhinged Butcher's ears right yep. now. He's just like, you giving yeah. me the green light right now, bro? I'm going to take it. And before we go to him back in the garage, we get one quick scene of Homelander just caressing Stormfront's blood spot oh on her God. hospital bed in the room so he's just bad but then we get the gunpowder busher reunion when gunpowder walks up and busher's just on his car he's like dude what the fuck you what are you doing are you kidding me he goes why are you protecting soldier boy um i would throw him to the dog if you just help me out like if you don't like soldier boy i will take him down with you gunpowder shoot first pops him like four times in the chest i didn't know personally what was going to happen i thought you know, maybe he was wearing armor at first. I was like, oh, he was good enough to put on bulletproof vest. But then, like, as he's walking up and you realize he's not bleeding, I'm like, oh, my God, he popped the vials. And what does Butcher do? He stands up and all the bullets are just flattened on his chest, just pop off like coins. My guy's souped up. He beats the shit out of him. Yeah, like, big time. Yeah. And we get a huge reveal here. I mean, the fact. I I mean, we can go into it, but the Grace Mallory reveal is huge. Did you guys think that Grace is like now could be bad? I, maybe she was just withholding truth from Butcher, even though it might bring closure to him. I'm a Quote huge unquote. Mallory fan, so I can't believe she's doing anything evil. Right. Like, I don't think she's bad. No, I, I'm excited to hear a reason for withholding Soldier yeah. Boy's death from Butcher. It seems like that would have been relevant over the years to just cover that short interrogation butcher has him just completely beat he spits out like five teeth gunpowder that is before he's like all right fine fine you know 
Soldier Boy used to slap me around a little bit. It was hazing that went too far. So when Butcher said habitual abuse, I think this is what it meant. But a yeah. lot of people could infer it to you know sexual abuse. But I do genuinely from this reaction think Soldier Boy would just beat the shit out of out of uh, yeah gunpowder. Well, we think it's sexual abuse because Butcher literally is like you're popping, you're putting yeah. your thumb up each other's assholes, like or whatever. Yeah, and the like, little the little yeah. sidekick, you know, Batman yeah. always like had a thing for Robin. That right. was like a, an ongoing thing. But I but, think we're going to get a flashback from them back in the day and a 14 year old gunpowder. I don't think I I think sexual foul play is still on the table. Mm. Well, I hope not, because, yeah, the wilds has got me. Like, I, yeah, I got a yeah. bad feeling about <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know. Literally. me too. Uh, so Butcher goes on to say what happened to him. He didn't die in that car accident. What killed him? Gunpowder actually doesn't know uh he happened when they were in nicaragua nicaragua uh he didn't see it happen uh he was just a kid but you can ask the cia who was your case officer grace mallory i think that like put him over the edge do you think he was going to kill gunpowder no matter what because yep. personally i do yeah. he was ready he was like yeah. you know he pulls him back up uh gunpowder's like dude i told you everything i know but she was like, dude, I know, but that doesn't change what you are. And then proceeds. To, I think it's like 22. I lost count. It's like insane amount of punches. It's the shit out of um, activates his eye beams. Can't stop the eye beams. Yeah, can't <laughs> stop the eye beams. Cutting cars in half. Cuts yeah. his head in half because they've shown us every other part of the body cut in half. So we just see a severed brain spill out. Dude, guts on the boys. It's like. Perfect. You know what I thought is that someone's probably going to blame Homelander for that because they're just going to leave him there. And if someone doesn't get the cleanup, it's like, well, who could do this? Someone Damn. with laser eyeballs. You know yeah, what I mean? That. It's like no one knows. I mean, I'm sure other people may have that, too. It's More bad like, press. Yeah. There was that baby that Butcher was killing people with in yeah. season <laughs> one or two, whatever. Right. But yeah. he probably wasn't in that parking lot. They could rule him out. He's got a good alibi because he's a baby. And then we come... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we come to the best scene. Supersonic doing his uh, cruising in your Jetta for me boy band dance. You know, just got your license to drive me crazy now that you're 16. Yeah, it's definitely creepy, Supersonic. You were definitely right. So he get, he gets done his routine. Out comes A-Train. Ashley immediately is like, what the fuck is he wearing? He's like, get me wardrobe. Get me wardrobe right now so I can fucking strangle them. He's got his Africa uniform on. Yes. And yes. He, he's trying to start. Yeah. yeah. He's like pulling her hair out immediately. She's like, motherfucker. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> a train comes out just to announce the new co-captain Starlight and Homelander. And as they're exchanging, you know, a train's walking off. Homelander's walking on. He's like, I can see your girdle. You fat fuck. Get yeah. off the stage. <laughs> just so mean. It's but like, it's worth highlighting if I'm being honest. So this is where Starlight is saying what she said earlier in the episode. She's announcing her like Starlight Foundation, saying that Homelander is giving $10 million. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he just unravels. Well, the thing that happened between a tray walk, a train walking off and what you just said is someone in the crowd yells, hey, Homelander, your Nazi girlfriend died. And yeah. that's what. Yeah, he's Starlight. Tweaking. Starlight tried to fix it. She was, was like, oh, Homelander's just like all of us. We all make mistakes and we all deserve a second chance. But that's why Homelander is donating $10 million to the Starlight house. Like, come on, everybody. She's clapping. And Homelander, yeah. goes, no, no, no. Can't put the toothpaste back in the uh, bottle. That's a, that's a Glee container? reference. That's uh -huh. a Glee reference, by the way. Uh, that, that's what I <laughs> I'm referencing that from something else. So I think it might just be a okay. saying. No. <laughs> All right. The cheerleader coach. I can't remember her name, but uh, yeah, it's it's done. Homelander snapped. And he, when he's saying no, 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 he walks up to the mic uh, and he says, Brian, do you have the whole quote? No, I'm just remembering that I'm actually referencing the toothpaste thing from this show. It was said. When Becca goes to see Vogelbaum, when Homelander okay. finds her for the first time, she's like, you guys have to protect me. And they're like, sorry, toothpaste is out of the bottle. Can't put it back in. 
That's hysterical. People are probably yeah. like, you guys are idiots. You're literally referencing the own yeah. show that you're covering. We suck. We can cut that. Whatever. I got <laughs> I do not have the quote, except I have some I, of the quote. I, I have most of it. I don't know why I asked you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Highlander freaks out. Goes, no, 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 no. Starlight just lied to you right now. I don't make mistakes. I'm not just like the rest of you. I'm stronger. I'm smarter. I'm better. I'm not some weak need crybaby that apologizes all the time, that apologizes all the time. Ashley, we cut to her going, Roger, cut to commercial right now. Homelander hears it and goes, Roger, don't you fucking cut to commercial. Don't you dare. So he can continue. Uh, he goes, all my life, rich people, powerful people try to control me and make me impotent. Uh, if they can control me, they can control you. You know, newsflash, they already are. Um, I'm done being persecuted for my strength. You guys should be thanking Christ. I am who I am because I'm the only one that could possibly save you. You guys aren't the real heroes. I'm the hero. And then it just silence the the shot from him in his back with a spotlight shining on Justin, but you can't even really see it. Phenomenal roll credits to baby, baby, baby. You got your license to drive. Oh my God. I got you. <laughs> Instead, you got your hands spread wide at 10 and 2. If you guys didn't go listen to lyrics, you got to go back and listen because it's insane. So but, do we think that Homelander is going to quit? Like, do we think he's like Audi 5? Like, oh, is he beat? He's, he's threatened to leave once this season already and once or twice last season. Um, and he's always been answered with, like, go ahead and leave. So I, like, I genuinely think he might leap he might be done with fought and be like his own because we know there's more than one super power team now you know we saw payback even though that's not a thing there's other groups out there like that meaning he might he could just go solo he'll get money from somebody it's petrifying yeah i just don't know what he does without Vought if not one become like a secluded hermit which doesn't seem like his bag or just to go ballistic on everyone and everything completely scorched earth so like and that kind of seems where we're heading i'm not ruling that out but yeah i don't know it's perfect honestly a perfect spot to cut because this could go anywhere and it was such a yeah. powerful powerful last scene i am terrified as soon as he started to like go rogue on stage i sat up I was like, I can, I can rewatch this like for a third time and take notes. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking watching this all the way through. It was unbelievable. Okay. And Tony Star, beast. Great two episodes. I mean, they really teed us up. A lot happened in two episodes. They do not do slow burns on this show, which I love. They're just like all rise, but starting all the way up here, which is perfect. It's so good. I hope it. I hope it stays and in true boy fashion, I'm sure it will. Um, I hope it, I hope they stick the landing on this season. I'm fucking pumped. Like so a Barney good. Stinson hype up playlist, baby. All rise. I love it. All rise. Let's go. <laughs> so what's the ultimate goal of the season? Would you say? Probably if last season's goal, Paul said was to identify the head popper. It's got to be to eliminate the head popper as a threat. Yeah, I was just thinking, it, yes, the head popper, but bringing down Vought is still like the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, so we yeah might, of course. We might not be able to get it this season. Um, you know, killing Homelander, that is now Maeve and uh, Butcher's like main goal, too. Um, and then Soldier Boy. I was actually thinking about that while I was watching this. I was like, can you imagine the show if they kill Homelander? I like, know. Where, do, where do they go? I mean, I'll, I'll probably love it. And how they do it, but I just can't imagine the show without him. I think if anything, Soldier Boy dies this season. Well, Soldier Boy is dead, is he not? No. I don't think he's dead. No. Okay, so we don't think he's dead. The only reason I think that is because of all the promotion they did before the season. What's his name? Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah, you're probably right. So, like, what's his deal then? Is he just like hiding? Yeah, Could I think be. he's in hiding. Could yeah. be cause too many problems. And they're like, dude, dude, we're taking you out or something like that. Okay, so I'm just a sap for. I didn't believe the nuclear meltdown happened, but I did believe that one way or another he died. I thought so, that's the whole point of the weapon that they're trying to find. Unless you guys get... think that's a red herring. I think it's oh red herring. Oh, my God. So 
as we know, Soldier yeah, Boy man. is supposed to be like a copy and paste of Captain America, right? He's like all literally for America, for the country, literally did the same thing he did with World War II. And I'm thinking because they showed him in the promotions as young still, and we saw, you know, Crimson's Count, Crimson Countess, she was old. I think he's going to somehow do the exact same thing Captain America did and get like frozen or like put in ice or whatever you call it, um, preserved body for for however many decades and literally pop out. And he's like, oh, I'm back, guys. And now he's like back in the seven because that's what Captain America did. Is that the Trump card that Edgar has against Homelander is a comparable powered superhero frozen on ice? That would be pretty wild. That would be wild. Honestly, I would just like having someone on par in terms of power level to Homelander just yeah. to be on the landscape in this show. I'm, I would love to see those interactions. Yeah, definitely. How come we haven't seen any old people like <laughs> soups? Gunpowder because was kind of old. Who? Gunpowder and the Crimson Count were kind of old. They're old age. I mean, old because what's her name? Uh, Stormfront's 102 or something like that (laughs) would be 100. And she was born in 19, whatever. Yeah. So like early, early. So, um, yeah, I just want like an old person, decrepit fucking soup. I I think they actually said that in season two. She actually comes out and says like, my daughter, I stopped aging, but my daughter didn't. She actually eventually aged up past me. I didn't think she was a soup. That's why. Yeah, exactly. So. Right. So I'm saying like, why aren't there any oldies? Maybe the storm or I'm sorry, maybe soups don't age past certain except for gunpowder because he. Yeah, see, I, th- I just thought that was one of Stormfront's like things. She just did doesn't age. That's what I thought too. It yeah. I wonder if Homelander ages. He kind of looks like he has some wrinkles and stuff, but yeah. he could be a case of just like staying at thirty forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's Not yeah, sure. it's weird. Interesting yeah. though. Very interesting. Yeah, I wonder if we'll get a touch on that because I usually do wrap things up pretty well. Yeah. Speaking of wrapping up things pretty well. Hmm. That has been the first two episodes of season three of the boys. Uh, I believe Amazon is dropping the first three at a time, then going week to week. I think after these first two, are we going to be going week to week or are we doing three and four and then week to week? They will be doing. We haven't decided yet, but we're certainly going to be week to week after episode four. So continue on for the ride. We're definitely going to be covering all of season three. It's one of our favorites. Um, And as always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.